This is the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and this is the show where I bring to life the true failures, the true successes, and the true learnings from recruiters and recruitment business owners globally. This podcast is now sponsored and supported by Hunted. Hunted is one of the best places on the internet for recruitment content. Of course, one of the reasons why I decided to partner with them is crucially, we share a common goal to help recruiters get better at their jobs. Hunted write about everything you can need in your career, from productivity hacks to helping your time management to TED Talks and reading lists. They offer in-depth insights into worldwide destinations and, of course, there's everyone's favorite recruitment wolf, Mr. Ed Hunter, who's not quite as scary in real life, but that is a story for another time. If you haven't yet checked out Hunted's content, you will not be disappointed. Hello, ladies and gents. Hope you're all well. Just wanted to very quickly jump on before you enjoyed this episode. I don't think we actually mentioned it in this episode, but in this episode, I sit down with uh, Joe Mella, who worked for Hunted and has been in the recruitment industry for a good number of years. But he's actually recently left the recruitment world to join the Met Police, which is amazing. So just wanted to make sure that that was clear for any of you listening and you get a bit of an insight into Hunted and these types of things and uh, feel like reaching out to Joe. Well, Joe's going to be cleaning up the streets of uh, London and no longer talking about recruitment. So uh, he's not going to be the person you want to reach out to. Uh, But anyway, we have a really good conversation. Joe is extremely passionate about the recruitment industry and we wanted to make sure that we sat down uh, before he left an industry that um, has been a real big part of his life. So I hope you all enjoy it and... I hope you have and are enjoying the Christmas Binge Podcast Special. Enjoy the episode. This is the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm joined by Joe from Hunted. Hello. That's just how you're known, isn't it? Joe from Hunted. Joe from Hunted. That's it. Um, And um, just to set the scene, we're in uh, the Hunted offices in a nice Thursday evening. Yeah. And we're going to have a good old chat about recruitment, Joe. Yeah. And because um, obviously we all know if for any of you that do know Joe, he's, he's, he's quite vocal about just a little bit. Just a bit little chirpy, bit. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So as you know, mate, where I always like to start, how did uh, Joe from Hunted enter the recruitment world, mate? How did Joe enter the recruitment world? <laughs> cool. So I suppose it starts with um, I was a drama student at uni. Okay. So I graduated from uni and realized there was no jobs for drama students. Mm. So then I went into a sales job, got it through a graduate recruitment agency. And um, in this office, we're in the shared office block, and I arranged a -a five-size 
every Tuesday yeah. for everyone in the office block. And as part of our office block, there was a rec to rec in there. And after about two years of doing sales for this company, I was chatting to them and they they said to me, have you ever considered recruitment because there's good money in it and it's yeah. really like sales? And uh, I said, I, I haven't, but you know, let's have a chat. So they mm. got me out to a few places, interviewed at a few places. And then right at the end of it, they offered me as well. They were really? like, I think you'd be a really good fit for us. So yeah, so I went and worked for them, chose them over the other opportunities. How come you chose them? Well, because I knew them already and mm. I played football with them quite a lot and I knew they were good, well, guys. good, good guys. Yeah, I yeah, got on really well with them. And this um, is in Manchester? This is in Manchester, yeah. Just on the outskirts of Manchester, Withenshaw, for anyone that knows Manchester. Really? Which is a little bit ropey. Is it? Yeah, it's a bit rough. What, what's like, obviously here in... Uh, where where we are is it what area is actually this the hunted offices is like it's not farringdon farringdon yeah yeah so obviously like when you go out for lunch in farringdon there's pretty good choice like what, yeah. what have we got up there mate so and um, where we were in withenshaw there was a chippy so <laughs> yeah, you could get shot. fish and chips yeah and um there was a place that did great jacket potatoes oh my god and we charmed the ladies in there and they gave us extra portions really which was nice decent and then there was a good greg's of course and then there was a pound bakery as well which is like pound a, bakery yeah which is a greg's knockoff which is great <laughs> Uh, and then there was a big Asda as well. Really? That's it. Decent. No avocados or anything. No like avocados, that. yeah. Fair enough, mate. So what was you what was you selling before you went into Retrorep? I was selling IT data center space. Really? Yeah. How did you do that for? How long? Yeah. Two years. Really? Yeah. Glamorous. Like just complete like B D. Like yeah. B to B. It was yeah, it was it was all B. Was you decent? Uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't great. I really? Wasn't great. I didn't really get any training, any support. It was a tiny, tiny company. Was it? I put in a room with someone and... Was it just like cold call? Yeah, a bit of that. And then there was like a bit of leads and we had some good partnerships and stuff. Mm. But yeah, it, I wasn't smashing. Was it the like deal value quite big? Like, yeah. Was it like big? Yeah, so there were some really big ticket items. It was mm. like you could do... A deal could be sort of 10 grand a month contract for 12 months. Really? Like, yeah. Like the smallest yeah. was about three grand a month, but for a 12 month minimum. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty... So pretty like cool. I can imagine the sales process is pretty... Quite long. Yeah, it could be. It could mm. be. No, I just I think that's interesting because surely some of that stuff helped you in this recruit. A hundred percent. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's what's interesting. So, just to frame it up, so during that rec to rec firm, how many of them was there? Six. Okay, so it's a small agency. Yeah, but for rec to rec, that's a pretty decent agency. That is. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, okay. not not huge. So, and then how long was you there for? Two years, and or less to the day. Yeah. And then after that, and then I moved to London. And then is that when you joined? No. So I went and joined a company called Ecom okay. that do like digital recruitment. Okay. And I was awful. <laughs> I was so bad. I was so, so bad. How long did you last there for? Uh, nine months. Really? And then you joined Hunting? And then I joined Hunting. And how long have you been at Hunting now? Uh, two years. Two years. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So let's go through that. Okay. So it's interesting then because obviously you obviously joined the Rec to Rec and then like... What was that whole experience like then, mate? Like the the two years there, you just completely immersed into not just being a recruiter, but actually being a recruiter that recruits recruiters. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I absolutely loved it. Really? I loved it. I was working with such a great team there. Mm. The guys, the guys and, um, oh yeah, I was going to say the, the businesses. Girls, but yeah, they were, they were, they were um, superb. Every single one of them. Loved them all. Yeah. Um, I had one of the best managers there I've ever had. And really? um, the training I got there was 
superb. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was all about building that relationship with people, really getting to know them, mm. going for a beer with them, understanding what's most important to them, taking your time, not feeling like you're competing against every other rec out there that's trying to ship them out to as many places as possible. We were like, get them out to three places that you think are bang They're on. Really bang on, yeah. And, um, and do it that so way. So what, what was your perception of recruitment then before you sort of entered this? world like as you were as you then got to know more about the industry the people that you're dealing with stuff like that yeah like what was your perception before you did all that of recruitment yeah yeah i thought it was like long hours really it was like smashing the phone and it was all about call times mm. and do you know that perception that everyone's got a recruitment yeah, yeah i had exactly the same really but i spoke to someone who worked in recruitment and they were like it's not all like that mm. so so what being a rhetoric yeah it's difficult that isn't it it is yeah like a lot of people just think they're like, no way. Like I would never do that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Cause like what, so recruiting recruiters, are they just an absolute pain in the ass? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, they can be. Yeah. Mm. So would you what, say more what so I, than not. I would say that I got a quite a good relationship with the candidates that mm. I worked with. And was I, it experience you were doing? Yeah. So my sweet spot was like, um, people going into the second or third job. Uh, so they got sort of 18 months, experience thinking about is this the right company for me blah yeah. blah okay. so people that have sort of started in a big kpi environment and mm. want to go somewhere a little bit more relaxed maybe mm. um but i was all about like my ratios there so there really? were people in the business that were generating far more candidates than me like way more candidates than me but then they were having a lot of people drop out because yeah. for whatever reason yeah, yeah um whereas i was like i'll only generate a handful of candidates but I'll make sure my ratios are really sweet. Mm. So I would partner with some really good clients that I trusted, that I knew could run an interview process, mm. that would be quick, that would not under offer, that were fair. Um, and I'd work with candidates that would meet me and that would like sort of prove that they were willing to commit. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, there was a lot of conversations on the go about how sort of long ongoing conversations about to help people. But once they were ready to go, I'd sort of properly vet them and yeah, make sure they were bought yeah, in yeah. and then yeah, that's fair enough. Um, what tip, typically then, just just out of interest, what was like the most common frustration that you saw in people that are in that sort of period? Because I reckon a lot of people listening will be, I don't know, maybe in that period they might have joined a big business, they might have joined a smaller business, but probably a lot of people listening are two years in, three years in, more experienced or less than that. Yeah. What was like the typical frustration that you saw that typically led people to be like, you know what, Joe, I'm actually open to seeing what else is out there? Yeah. Was there like a quite common frustration that you ended up always talking about that these people had or? Uh, yeah, I think that a lot of people wanted to move from sort of like a really outgoing, crazy drinking culture type environment and go somewhere a little bit more grown up with mm. people that wanted to take the careers a bit more seriously. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that going out crazy environment if that's what you're into. Mm. But there are a lot of people that go and do that for two years, go hard for two years. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they're like, actually, do you know what I want? I want... Um, a bit of work-life balance or a mm. bit of flexibility or whatever that is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was quite a big one. Or really? like a lack of progression as well. Huge. Really? Because so many people that are sticking good numbers on the board mm. and then they're like, okay, I really want to manage someone. Now. I want to have a resource or, or whatever it is. And the company won't do it mm. because they're making good money. So yeah. And they, they know that their billions will probably drop off a bit potentially yeah. if they do that. So it's okay, cool. So, so it's, it's typically those sorts of things that people came to you about. Okay. And then um, what I was going to say, so what, what have you, before we go into like the whole sort of um, 
uh, recruitment business. I mean, recruitment businesses historically aren't great at recruiting for their own businesses, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is mad. <laughs> it's just mad. Like, I, I didn't know. I I got a flavour of this, and because I I was in a small agency outside of London, and then when I moved to London, just got completely like into the just sucked into this recruitment world in London, obviously, which is mental. Yeah. Um, and like I, that, I really recognised that early on when I was meeting recruitment businesses and these types of things that like literally, typically their biggest challenge was hiring for their own business. Yeah. So we're definitely going to dive into that, but I'd love to get your thoughts in that sort of two year period. Like what were some of the sort of common things that you saw in people that made them like really good at what they were doing and the people that were sticking really good numbers on anything that you picked up there out of interest that you typically um, saw? Yeah. Do you know what I think a real difference is between people that are doing good numbers and people that are doing great numbers is that sort of drive that doesn't die, that doesn't drop out. Mm. I think that it's really easy to be super focused and into your job for a month, three months. Yeah, yeah. And then you like start cutting corners and you don't screen your candidates properly and you don't interview them properly and you don't get feedback properly. Uh, and you just, because of that, your ratios drop and then you try and put more balls in the air and it just sort yeah, of all yeah. falls apart. The ones that do seriously good numbers are the ones that are completely methodical with every process. Mm. And um, uh, yeah, and really take the time and get to know people and treat everyone like this job hunt is important for that individual rather than rushing through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, there are people that sort of, have a high amount of activity and not very much quality that do good numbers. But I think the ones that do great numbers are the ones that... Um, really methodical and know exactly what they need to be doing and are willing to do it on a daily basis. Yeah. Or they work on a really great desk and they do contract. That's the, that's the alternative, isn't it? Like mm. work a sector that's like really buoyant that everyone wants to spend money in, get lucky, land on a contract desk, build it up, ideally inherit some contractors and, uh, and you're days. off, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I was going to say, a few things, actually, yeah. before we go on to the, the hiring piece. Um, like, uh, I was really keen to get you, your sort of experience with this and thoughts on this. So, like, if, I, if I'm listening right now and I'm at that sort of year mark, 18 months mark, three years mark, whatever, but I'm at a sort of bit of a crossroads where maybe I have pushed for progression within my business or I'm not too sure if my future is within the agency I'm currently in because it's like, you know what, I think I'm sort of outgrown this place, whatever it may be. Like what, and t these people are going to be getting absolutely peppered by Rectorex. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like messaged on a daily basis. Yeah. So what, what, are, what are the things that people need to look out for? Do you know what I mean? When they're, when they're, when they're like, you know what, I'm, I might actually be open to um, looking elsewhere. Firstly, how, how do they spot a shit Rectorex? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, they don't have the best reputation. Like, recruits don't have a great reputation. Rectorex don't have a great reputation at all either. Yeah. So like, if I'm, no doubt, but 100% Rectorex add value, like definitely. Yeah. How, if I'm getting like hit up and there's like three or four people messaging me all the time, da 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 how do I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what's going to make so me lean towards... just a disclaimer this from the start, I really do rate certain Rectorex. Yeah, yeah, there, that 100%. Some of my best mates are Rectorex. So um, good Rectorex are the ones that genuinely understand their clients. And this is a okay. misconception about Rectorex that I'm sure we'll talk, talk about soon, that um, a Rectorex doesn't have to work with every client out there. Yeah. And they shouldn't work with, that with every client out there. When I was a Rectorex, I worked with a handful of clients that I really liked. Mm. Um if you see a Rectorec posting on LinkedIn, 
exciting opportunity, uncapped commission, industry leading training, oh. which anyone that follows me on LinkedIn sees that I ridicule these posts all the time. I would just run a million miles because they yeah. don't understand the client at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are Rectorex out there that post fantastic posts about what the team's like, what the culture's like, what, yeah. where the manager comes from, how the manager recruits and mm. um, why their clients love them. They're the ones you want to be working with. Yeah, so and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with working with a couple. I think a lot of people say, I'll oh, work with one exclusive because um, they'll represent you the best. But if a Rectorex has got a really tight client base who they want to work with. Another rector might have a brilliant relationship with another great company. Mm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but just make sure they really know who they're working with. Um, and they're not just going to spam your CV out to everywhere because someone will hire. If you're a recruiter and you're half decent, you walk into another job, yeah. walk into another job. Yeah. So just make sure they know who they're dealing with. I think that's with. really good advice. If, if you're getting hit up by anyone at the moment and you're considering it like actually take a look at their linkedin profile what they're talking about if they have messaged you or you've been on the phone with them like how well do they actually know their clients yeah and and really measure them on that which i, th I think you're totally right whenever i've done work with rectorex or spoke to rectorex it's like, like i don't have a problem getting clients here it's it's candidates and these types of things but i think i think that's a good point that it makes sense that the best ones would yeah, you don't need to work with everyone, do you? It's, no. it, so you could you could even be saying, you could be like, look, this does sound like an interesting opportunity that you've tapped me up with and I am sort of looking at the market. I don't want to know who your client is. I know you're not going to tell me that because you're worried I'll go direct and that's fair enough. But can you just tell me something about their hiring manager that I wouldn't know from their website? Can nice. you tell me something about their culture that I wouldn't know? That's a good, great question. Yeah. Just something that you can open up a conversation to prove that they know what they're on that's about. That's really good advice, I think. Like, very kind of you <laughs> <laughs> no I think that's wicked um, okay staying on this then let's flip it okay what should recruiters what are the just the stupid shit recruiters do do you know what I mean when they're looking for a job yeah like what are the just the big no-nos that the people who are listening who are considering a job just need to avoid if that's lying about how much they build or like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like what are just the big no-nos which you've just maybe through your process of getting better at, ended up happening at the final interview stage that it comes out or whatever. Do you know yeah. what I mean? What are like the big, what are the things that people just need to stop I mean, doing if you're, if you're thinking about going into another recruitment job and you've got recruitment experience? Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned billings because like we talk about that so much. That really? I think everyone sort of, exaggerates the billings a little bit apart from you in your first year unless you had a real, <laughs> real stinker in your first year <laughs> um but like if you are gonna sort of skew your billings a bit make sure you can work that out and like you know you know how it breaks down so 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 often you speak to a contract or temp recruiter and you'd be like what did you bill and they'll say a figure and you'll be like okay so how many runners have you got out what's your margin what's your margin at peak and the figures just do not even come close to adding up. Mm. And then they're like, oh, I'm not sure on my figures. And you're like, well, if you're a recruiter that can do 200 grand a year, like you say you are, you'll know your figures. Mm. So if you're going to blag your figures, know what you're on about. That's the first thing I'd say. Yeah. Um, stop leaving jobs off your CV or, um, or stop making your LinkedIn different to your CV. Because... Everyone can take a dud company. Like you can go to a company for three months and hate it and it's not right. You don't have to lie about that. Yeah. That is fine. And I think that a lot of people would respect that you go in, okay, I really like the sound of your company because it sounds a million miles away from this company that wasn't right for me. Um, so just own that. 
Yeah. Like, don't don't lie about that. Don't feel like you need to lie about it. Yeah, just yeah. own it. I really like that. Don't oh, if you're gonna exaggerate your billions. Actually, know what the fucking numbers are. Yeah, and then <laughs> back that up. Yeah, back that up, and then obviously, yes, that makes sense. Okay, um, and then on the other side, then obviously this would be part part of your job as a rhetoric and these types of things. But for for those listening as well, what what are sort of red flags that they red flags that they should be looking out for if they meet a recruitment agency maybe they've gone direct or whatever yeah that you i don't know you've ended up talking about maybe if you've had candidates that you work with that are interviewing elsewhere yeah. that you've picked up on like if i'm a recruit right now and i'm interviewing other places or i'm thinking about it and i meet people like what what are the red flags that come to mind for you if i was a recruit of 18 months experience two years i want to progress my career that i should be looking out for when i meet agencies yeah cool so um Obviously in Hunted, we talk all the time about different uniques, different like unique perks that companies offer and mm. how to find a company that's right for you. The first thing above everything else is just check out how many staff they've lost in the last 12 months. Mm. Go on their LinkedIn. If you've got LinkedIn Premium, just see is have they been growing? Have they been shrinking? Have they been losing staff? Would, because that's massive, isn't it? Would you ask that question? Is that a fair question to ask an interview? Yeah, I think so. How many, how many, how many, st- like, yeah, how many staff have you lost in the last 12 months? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you want to frame it in a way in that the right way. makes you come across like you're interested in the company rather than just <laughs> being an asshole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you like, look, I'm, I'm really trying to get a handle on, on what you like as a business. Yeah. So, you know, recent people that you've lost, who are they? Where have they gone? Why have you lost them? If mm. they've lost them to a direct competitor, then. That's sort of red flag I right think that's there. That's a valid isn't it? question, though. But yeah, I know you've got to think about how you word it. Yeah. So think about okay, well, yeah, check really check them out. How many people have have got three months at this agency online, yeah. um, and how many people they got? These types of things. Yeah. Anything else, or are they the? No. So I'd, I'd have a look at sort of their attrition rate, how many staff they've got. I'd look at um, how well they progress internally. I think mm. that's an important one. I think. Um, are they promoting people from within? Are they bringing senior people in above people that are already there? Mm. You don't want to get trapped in a situation where you can't progress. Mm. I'd have a look at um, what the clients are saying about them in the market, if you can find that out anywhere. Mm. You know, if you go onto Google reviews, you can see what clients or candidates are saying about you. Um, It's just really easy, isn't it, to say in an interview, like, oh, we're so great, we're the best at this, we're the best at that, where you want to be finding out the truth from the people that are on the front line, the people that are there mm. doing the recruitment. Mm. If you can interview people that are in the business, that's great. Like get a handle on what they're like, just like to see if they're telling the truth. And also from a culture point of view, you know, is that the sort of culture you want to be? Those sort of people you want to be surrounded by? Yeah. yeah. Cause they make it, don't they? Yeah. Like who 100%. you're surrounded by makes it. That's, yeah. that's all of it. And would really. you it, clearly that's so important. And like, would you encourage people to like try and meet, as many people in the, I don't know, like what does that look like typically? And what's the typical thing that you've experienced where it's like, oh, I've, um, they'll meet the owner, then they'll meet like the two line managers. Obviously it depends on the position, but yeah. how how would you best advise people to really sort of soak up the culture besides, do you know what I mean? So I'm a big fan of going out for beers after, get an offer, go out for a beer with them and mm. just don't go out for a session with them because no. that always ends badly and, you know, someone ends up in tears. But mm. um, go out for a beer with them or a couple of beers with them, chat to them about what they talk about in the office, chat to them about, you know, what they get up to. Even where they take you for beers is a is a signpost about what sort of company they are. Right? Yeah, if they, take you to, if they take you to a Spoonies, they're one sort of company. Or if they take you to all <laughs> bar one, they're another sort of company. You know, yeah, like, that's so true. Um, so just see what see what they're about. And 
I wouldn't to one company over another because one company didn't invite me out for beers. Really? Yeah. And and yeah, I mean, I talk talk handily. This was this was at ecom, and my billings weren't great at ecom. I met some fantastic people and got still got some lifelong friends from there. But I think billings wise, I'd have done far better if I'd have gone to the other place. Really? And I made a call off who'd invited me out for beers. And why did you make it off that? Because I was like. That, that shows they want me. That shows they want me to meet the team. Yeah. And I, I actually thought, I'd just moved to London. This other team hadn't taken me out for beers. And I was like, well, maybe they don't go out for beers. Maybe that's a thing. And didn't that, really know many people in London. Didn't really have many yeah, friends. Yeah, that was important to you to get the social aspect yeah, of wherever 100%. you worked. Yeah, that's fair enough. So um, I made that call. And yeah, billings wise, it wasn't fantastic for me. But, you know. <laughs> how, would, how What did you bill, mate? I, d- I can't even remember the number, mate. <laughs> Shut it doesn't matter. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't lie, mate. Was it was it more or less than twenty four k? Less. It it was less. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? But, yeah, it was less. It was less. And like, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Because just like, to be clear, anyone listening to this is going to be like, "Why am I listening to this fool? He's he's <laughs> he's clearly not very good at recruitment." This was a sector that I was just not very good at. Rectorac <laughs> is a different matter. <laughs> nah, that's fair, mate. So why um why did you join Hunted? Um. Because when I was doing Rectorec in Manchester, mm. I saw them post on LinkedIn mm. and they were funnier than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they sort of got it. They got what... I didn't know when I was doing Rectorec in Manchester that what I was trying to do was talk about branding and like how businesses should think about their branding. But that's what I was talking about. And then Hunter come along and all they do is talk about branding and how important branding is. Mm. And it's vital that every company understands what they stand for and really sort of drives that home. And I just completely bought it, completely bought it. Really? And then I met with James and I just completely bought him as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I just went with it, just just completely. And I just wanted, I wanted to work there. And I reached out to James and I was like, look, mate, I want to work for you. Mm. is there an opportunity i yeah, really yeah, want to work yeah. for you and we had sort of had a bit of a back and forth and then Perfect. found a way to make it work um okay so then obviously now so obviously you worked in retro for two years then did agency for nine months that was yeah. a, bit a bit of a flop yeah and then obviously joined hunter for the last two years so obviously you you've i guess a bit like me really where you you've ended up with a really sort of unique perspective on the recruitment industry because like a big reason why I started this and remember obviously it's become obviously a lot more easier now but when I was in this small office in the recruitment business outside of London there was eight of us like it it can feel like it's just like you like you guys just trying to make shit happen and it typically it hasn't been an industry where people are, are willing to share sort of their challenges ideas and these types of things yeah so I think but however you've well, you've got four years experience of actually looking from an outside into the recruitment industry. Yeah. And that's obviously what, what I'm getting access to now. So I think obviously you're in a, you've been in a really cool position to um, look at people's employer brands and how recruitment agencies communicate what they stand for and these types of things. Yeah. So, so well positioned to talk about that, right. And, and be passionate about it for sure. So I guess obviously there's so much that goes into this, but like, let's just start with like, what, why, why are recruitment agencies, so bad at hiring for themselves. It is, it is actually like the craziest thing. Yeah, it is. It's mad. It's actually mental because like, if you think some of the most successful recruitment businesses, how much money they're charging, how much value they bring to their clients yeah. and candidates and they're just absolutely shy to doing it for themselves. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? It is crazy. I love how you say, let's start with that. 
But I mean, yeah. that's a massive question. That's what I mean. But like, let's just start with that and see where that goes because it's interesting, isn't it? Like, And there'll be a lot of people listening that are hiring for their team and it is difficult and these types of things. So there's loads that we can talk about, but like, let's just start there. Like, Why, 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 are, people, why are they so bad? Cool. So I think um, as a starting point, mm. recruitment businesses don't know what they stand for mm. and they don't know who they're looking for to work for them. Yeah, so when you say Stanford, what do you mean? So they don't know what their identity is. Mm. Or, okay, so a lot of recruitment businesses think it's acceptable to be a little bit better than shit. Okay. So you speak to a recruitment agency and you say, what are your USPs? And they say, we're not KPI'd, we're autonomous, um, we, we want the sort of people that have worked for Michael Page and they want somewhere with a little bit more flexibility. Okay, what you've told me there is you've told me what you're not. You've told me that you're not Michael Page. Mm. Everything you've positioned there is what you're aspiring not to be. Tell me what you are. Mm. Um, it's like in no other industry would you would you have that way of selling anything. You wouldn't like buy a pair of trainers. Adidas wouldn't sell their trainers as being we're not Nike. They would mm. be, we are added yeah, like, yeah. So what are you not? What are you not? And it's really difficult. And I think a lot of recruitment businesses are like, well, actually, if we're being honest with one another, we're the same as everyone else out there. Mm. And you're not. They're absolutely not. Recruitment business, every recruitment business is different. And I'm so passionate about this. And I get so angry because recruitment businesses are so crap at, 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 at saying what makes them unique. And we talk to hundreds of recruitment businesses every week about really sort of digging down what makes them unique versus everyone else. Uh, and that is so important. That is a difficult thing to do though, isn't it? Yeah. Really figure out. It's not easy. I mean, it's not easy, but, mm. but there are constant themes that you can, you, can, you can look at. And do you know what? I think a lot of it stems from this idea that, you know, KPI is a dirty word. And <laughs> the idea of being like somewhere where you have to get on the phone and BD is seen as a negative thing. And like long hours, oh no, like we can't do long hours in recruitment because it's seen as a negative thing. Mm. Businesses need to own what they stand for. What they are. And there are companies out there who are really old school, like smash the phone yeah. and work long hours and the recruiters are making a lot of money and they're yeah. doing a good job. And because, I don't think this is any less valuable for the recruitment industry, because I think that, you know, you're putting people into jobs that they are enjoying and they're staying there mm. and they're and they're enjoying what you how you've helped them. So that's a great thing. Definitely. But they then go and they advertise themselves as like flexible working and like mm. no KPI. So they can't be something that they're not. And yeah, they're not that. Own it. Say like, do you know what we want? We want someone to come in here and smash the phone, but I guarantee you'll make more money here through our management style, our leadership, yeah, yeah. our training than you will anywhere else. Mm. But instead they don't and they say something really weak. Yeah. And and it, and it really frustrates me because there are some seriously good agencies out there that are just not framing things in the right way. And I really want to help them. But then... Um, yeah, it's just quite a difficult conversation to what have. Do you, um, what do you think? So you said there, all recruitment agencies are different. Yeah. What, what do you think makes them different? Because a lot of people, like, do you know what I mean? Because th what actually makes them different do you, in your, from your perspective, do you think? Um, a lot of it's culture, the people you've got in your team. Yeah, people. So you boil it back and you say, okay, so we have candidates, we have clients, and we have a weird little process in the middle that marries up the two. And that's our job. Mm. That's... That's everyone's job in recruitment. 
Well, that weird little process in the middle, we could put everyone in the same room, all the same companies, with the same clients and the same candidates, and that process would be way different. Mm. And the people that are doing it would be way different. And, you know, like you could even have, you know, certain two sets of companies that got to make the same amount of call times and the calls would be completely different. Yeah, and who true. they'd be calling would be completely different. And it's like, are you going to, do you want to join a company that goes out, finds a load of candidates, gets to know the candidates really well, really invest some serious amount of time into those candidates, gets to know the market really well. They give you leads on who's hiring, who's leaving, who's on the, on the market. Or do you want to go and attack your client side? Do you want to go and find clients first? Go and really win some clients, get to know them. Get to know and make some tick. Really understand them better than anyone, any other recruiter out there. Both of them have done serious amount of call times there, but two mm -hmm. completely different styles. Yeah, appealing to two very different recruiters. But mm -hmm. I bet you, no company thinks about that when they're thinking about their who they're trying to hire. No yeah, one goes yeah. to that degree, and that you should be going to that degree. Mm. How should they? How how should how 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 do you think people should start? If if I, yeah like if I'm in that sort of position right now and yeah I'm a bit like mm, yeah like I'm just talking about things which I think people want to hear and I'm not owning sort of what we're about da 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 what's like how how do you think from your opinion like how do you think people should start communicating what you just said there like their people their culture do you know what I mean yeah how should, how can people start doing that what like how can they find that out for themselves or where can they well like let's say let's say that they um. They they make some real time to think about it, yeah. and they're like, you know what, you know what, Joe, you're speaking a lot of sense. Like, we need to own what we're about here. Yeah, thanks. <clears throat> Obviously, besides going on hunted, like how like how can someone start? Because that can seem quite daunting, can't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What's your view on like how how can someone start communicating what they're about, um, and really owning what their culture is and and the value that they bring and how they approach things? Like, what what would you say to people who are like, you know what, Joe, I, I really get what you're saying. Yeah. How how can I start doing? How can I start communicating this? So, what would your thoughts be? I mean, the first thing you got to do is go to your staff and actually make sure that what you're communicating is right. Mm. Because I think so often things are implemented top down without actually going and consulting yeah, good people point. that are recruiters that are actually doing it. Because the the recruiters themselves are the ones that are, or the team, your whole team are the ones that are creating that culture. Mm. They're the ones that are making that culture of your business. So you've got to consult them. But then. After that, I mean, it's a word that you love to talk about and it's completely right. We need It all comes down to branding. From branding, yeah. It's all branding. And that's everything. That's that's every touch point you might have with a potential person joining your business. From content you're putting on the internet, on LinkedIn, the way that you're writing job ads. Um, are you sponsoring events? What events are you sponsoring? Are you meeting with people? Where are you meeting with people? How are you meeting with people? Um, where you're interviewing people, like what's your interview process? Everything mm. is a touch point and everything can be used to convey sort of what you stand for. What you're about. Um, and that's that's everything. That's your office that you work in. That's where you go for a drink on a on a Thursday or yeah. a Friday. That's all what you, what you stand for. And all these things are important to get across. So, I mean, obviously working for Hunted, a big thing for us is sort of digital and sort of your digital presence and how you can get that message across because that's the easiest way to convey it to so many people. Mm. But just the tone that you use, I mean, what we're straying here into actually is we could stray really quickly and easily into personal branding there as well. But as a business, who's representing you? How are they representing you? And what are they saying? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I think like just the biggest asset that hiring managers have teams have recruitment business it is the stories and the people in that in that business isn't it yeah it just is 
and I, and I think for me it's um, <clears throat> yeah for me I think it's just showcasing that and owning the stories within your four walls and being willing to champion champion the staff within your business and the, the, these are all things that a lot of people already do within their four walls yeah. if it's making sure that when it's someone's birthday they get a birthday cake or like just as simple as that but actually like showcasing that online yeah. it's just so important because I, I, as you all know Joe there's so many um, agencies online that they, they just don't they, they do look the same and they don't look human and yeah. what's going on in their four walls is just really not evident outside of that yeah do you know what I mean well do you know what I think people fall um, sort of uh, sort of victim to is that they write to recruiters in the same way that they write to their clients mm. so if you're a finance recruitment agency and you're quite corporate to the exterior I bet good money that when you go out for drinks on a Thursday your recruiters are not stood there prim and proper at the yeah, bar like so speaking in corporate language they're completely down to earth people who are up for a laugh yeah. they're the people that you're trying to attract and they're the people that want to join you so talk to them like that mm. but your choice of the word stories there is really interesting actually I never thought about it like that but we talk about quite a lot in the office don't talk about the what not what you are it's how or why so what I'm award winning we're an award winning company yeah well, how are you award-winning? Yeah. What have you won and why have you won it? So we won a certain award because all of our clients said that we were great. Okay, that's superb. Why did your clients say you were great? Oh, because actually our retention with everyone that we've placed there is 97%. Okay, great. Why is your retention 97%? Yeah. And you're like... I was listening to someone the other day that was talking about the five whys that if you ask why five well, times. Simon, oh no, it wasn't Simon. That's not Simon Sinek, is it? Oh, I don't know. I can't but, remember. Fairs, but five whys, yes. Yeah, so yeah. like keep digging down. Yeah. Mm. And we talk about that all the time. So, um, you know, if you're, if if you say, oh, we're a, we're a great place to work and people love coming to work here. Give me a quote. Let's, let me hear from someone that works there. Film them, stick them on YouTube and say, yeah. this is why Tony loves coming to work. And this is what he has to say about it. Yeah. And let's see who these people are. Mm. It's just really interesting. It's just funny though when those types of people feel like they've got a gun pointed at them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. You've got to, you've got to but, stay but away from people that. Trying, but people trying that and then maybe it comes across a bit stiff in that. It's still so important that they're trying and trying to showcase it. I think that is still fair play in that, that people try that. But sometimes, yeah, fair enough. I um, just think that, I think that um, having an identity is everything, everything. And there are plenty of recruitment businesses out there that I don't, I wouldn't want to work there. Mm. Not, my, my, not my style of doing recruitment, but fair play to them for having an identity. And, and, there, yeah. and there are people that l want to work there. They hire staff far more easily than those that don't have an identity. Mm. And it, and I just really want, there's some superb recruitment businesses out there who have in, insane perks and they just don't know how to articulate them. Mm. Um, yeah. When you say perk, what do you mean? Um, something that they offer that goes above and beyond your salary and your holidays and your basic package that you get. Mm. And I think people, you can talk about perk as in, you know, flexible working or... Mm. Um, amazing commission or perks as well could it also I think be like your culture and the fact that actually someone sitting three seats down from you just pulled a lead that they know that you can work better than them and they've passed it over to you yeah. and that's a perk because you're getting a little bit of support there from your business yeah, yeah. I think that's a perk as well best perk that you've seen mm, I don't know for me mm. 
Obviously, it's individual to everyone, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I, I what are some of the best like, things that you've seen that people have shouted about? I mean, a lot of businesses, or not a lot of businesses, some at the minute are, are talking about recruiters working one day a week from home, mm. which is great for some people. I Do you like working from home? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't because no. I love the buzz of the office. And like, yeah, I'm I need to be around like, people. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, yeah, that is a good part, though, for people that the right people, try yeah. it. And, and it's different work people for a lot of people. Different circumstances, aren't they? You know, mm. If you want flexible working and you know, there's a reason for that and you need to be somewhere at a certain time, then great, that's, that's what's most important to you. Mm. If you want to have the best commission structure, then I think that's going to be a very different business personally yeah. because it's trying to in incentivize a different sort of person. Mm. Um, Anything else? That you've seen. I mean, maybe James and Guy could give us a free gym. That'd be decent, wouldn't it? <laughs> if they pay for my gym membership, that'd yeah, be Yeah, paying cheap, for a gym right? membership is a great perk, I it think. Is, yeah. I think that's that's great. Oh, no, do you know what, actually? Do you know what I love about Hunted? Um, we partner with, little plug here, and we partner with Sanctus, who are okay, nice. a mental health charity. Yeah, and yeah. we, every month, we have a mental health catch-up thing, and it's fantastic. Can't shout about them enough. I think, really? they're, I think they're awesome. Yeah, that's wicked. No, I think that's amazing. Worst perk? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, if the, the moment someone writes uncap commission on a perk, I it drives me insane, mate. Why does it drive you insane? It drives me insane. Why? Tell me when you've ever seen a, a, a capped commission structure once. I've never seen yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have but never how seen. How is that a perk? It's not. Why perk. do we use that word? It's the most pointless word in recruitment. Uncapped. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I've done I've done forty grand this 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 month. Oh yeah, we're going to cap it at twenty. No, you're not. There's absolutely no <laughs> way you are stopping that person. Oh, do you know what? I've done twenty grand this month. I'm not going to bother doing any more because I'm not going to get any more money. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. does not happen. Yeah, um, free fruit is pointless as well. <laughs> a banana is what fifteen p like free fruit. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know what you mean. What um out of interest then? What are like some of the real common mistakes that you've seen hiring managers mate maybe back to your rector -ret days but like or like where have you seen a lot of common mistakes where you know you're talking about owning it and it's all the different touch points and these types of things you know what i mean whereas what are some of the sort of common touch points that you've um noticed that people have maybe mucked up on quite a lot of the times and these types of things where people get it get it wrong where it's like quite an easy thing to you know what i mean some people may not notice that when they sit them down in a particular place, it's like that kind of then tells you, Joe, they sat me down in this place and it was really weird and it was horrible. Like, don't don't get me another interview there. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is there any common sort of mistakes that you've picked up on maybe? So I think that um, because hiring managers know that recruitment are, uh, recruiters are so in demand, they mm. sort of do a big sell on what the business is. Mm. And again, they go back to doing this sort of uh, generic generic sell on on what makes them great but you've got to find out what makes that individual tick first mm. you know like so easy for when i'm when i first moved to london nice nice with the beer on the go for you there hey. yeah. um when i first moved to london i interviewed at this company that i thought was great yeah. so i was having a look at different things interviewed at this company and on my first stage interview all they did was talk at me and i remember oh. thinking i'd said about five words this whole interview really and i was like you know nothing about me they said we're desperate to get you back in. We'd love to. We'd love to see you again. And I was like, no, nah, I don't. I don't really want to come back in. If I'm being honest, that's really interesting. So, really, I mean, people want to. People want to feel wanted, don't they? Mm. Everyone wants to feel wanted in the next job. You want. You've got to get to know them. So that's so key. I guess that's a really important point to remember that obviously you have to. It's both ways, isn't it? Kind of has to sell themselves, and they have to, they have to sell their company. But if it is just 
if I'm a hiring manager right now and I'm in an interview and I'm just, se- just selling, just pounding it into Joe, like, this is why we're great, this is why we're great. Yeah. And you say, like, a few words. Yeah. That isn't going to get you excited, is it? No, not at all. That's a really important point because it's easy to do that because it's like, as you know, it's if I've got a recruiter in front of me, he's got 18 months experience and he's pretty decent, yeah. he's going to get a job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like a hiring manager is going to be like, right, okay, he's definitely going to be interviewing at da, 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 da. Yeah. I need to sell him hard here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a, that must be a, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the flip, one of my favorite clients I've ever worked with, um, I think they're a fantastic business. They've got a really interesting offering, RPO business. So a lot of recruiters want to work there. They were taking like six weeks to do a recruitment process. So they're doing three stages. Really? And then I meet the director or something daft. And because it was RPO and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that want to move away from agency into RPO. People were sticking with the process for quite a long time. And then like week four, just going like, no, nah, I've had enough of this. this. This isn't for me. If this is how you run an interview process, like I can't imagine it, what it'd be like to work here. Really? So just getting a bit of a shifty on, you know, there is, I don't think there is any need in recruitment to do more than like a two stage process and a meet the team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The rest is pretty solid. You know, meet them for an hour, have a really informal chat, meet them a second time, maybe grill them a bit harder, maybe ask them to do a presentation if they're a bit more senior, meet the team as well, get the team's input on them. You've got a pretty good handle there. Yeah. Are they a good culture fit? Are they going to build well? Do they hold the same values as you? You should know if you're mm-hmm. going to hire them or not at that point. How should people sell recruitment? How should they sell recruitment? How, sh- how do you think people should sell recruitment? <laughs> <laughs> how do you think people should sell recruitment? Um, uh, I don't know how to answer that. Really? Like okay, so here's why. Go on. You know at your event last week, yeah, yeah. which was fantastic. Anyone who missed it, get to the next one. Yeah. <clears throat> I... There was quite a long conversation around recruiters should be adding value first and making placement second. Yeah. Really interesting point. Yeah, yeah. Love it. I think it's a really good conversation we need to have. The issue is our clients are paying us for making placements, not for adding value. Yeah. yeah. Unless you work in a different type of model. I'm talking yeah. about pure agency sort of like contingent, contingent yeah. which is great. But adding value is only going to keep the lights on for so long before you need to make a placement. Yeah. And I think we need to have a conversation about how we can be adding value, which is something that Hunted do and plug for Hunted that they do more than just make placements. Um, but we need to be having a conversation about sort of monetizing, adding value. Otherwise, we're going to we're not going to last. Mm. You know. So I think that adding value goes hand in hand with making placements. You can make placements that add value to a person's career. And you can add value to someone's career, which then results in them later down the line coming back to you for the next placement. Mm. But um, we've got to remember that in a contingent basis, you're only getting a fee when you make a placement. So it's got to be in some way still a sales job. Do you think um, this came up at the event as well? Like, it, like I, I work contingent. How, how, how long do you think that will last? Um... I think there'll always be a place for it. Yeah. I think there will. Because a good business will recognise if you've got someone of value. Yeah, if you've got gonna, someone that yeah, if you've got someone that add value to the business then. Yeah. Let's talk about contingent rec to rec. If I 
I'm work, if I was a contingent rector working with a candidate who I knew was going to do 10 grand a month, mm. that's what they've always done. Say they've done more than that, 15 grand a month. So let's say they're going to do 10 grand a month. They're going to put 120K on your bottom line over the next 12 months. And I'm asking you to pay me six grand for them. Mm. I mean, the economics of that work out really well, don't they? You know, that's it's great. Not bad, every, not a bad deal, that, every is party, isn't it? So that's going to always be there. I, I love all these... Em- sort of embedded companies that are coming out. And I think a lot of businesses are having a conversation about about embedded solutions. And even like pure contingent agencies are talking to me about it, asking me sort of thoughts Different on it. solutions, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of recruiters are, are, are attracted to it because you can really add value to a client. Mm. But I, I do think that contingent, you know, there's, there's, there's a value in a good person joining your business. Yeah, yeah. So someone's always going to pay so you a fee yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. No, it's so true. Um, mm. Of interest, yeah. How um, how different do you think the sort of typical recruiter is today than it was when you uh, was starting out in Manchester and like tapping up people and stuff? Like, do you think the sort of recruiter back then, obviously, what that's what four years ago? Yeah, four and a half years ago. Four and a half years ago. Yeah. How different do you think that typical recruiter was then compared to where we are now? Hmm. Uh, I think there is a difference, but the interesting thing, what you said there was in Manchester and there is still a huge difference between London as a market and the various different regional cities as a market. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that there are certain businesses that you speak to in certain locations and they just are not in any way interested in embracing the idea of branding or marketing, even for themselves to their own clients. Yeah. And it baffles me because, you know, you're doing all your business off word of mouth, which mm. is, is, is going to run its course at some point when good, good businesses can promote themselves through marketing, you're going to lose out to them. Mm. Um, so I'd say there is quite a difference. I think that People now are talking far more about flexible working. I think they're talking mm. far more about um, sort of genuine progression and development that is bespoke to them and having training that's bespoke to them. Um, but I also think there's a massive divide between London and all the cities in in how we go about approaching recruitment. Mm. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. Yeah, yeah. that was my next question. Okay, Manchester or London? I mean, Manchester's my home. I mean, it's not Stoke on Trent's my home, <laughs> but Manchester's my spiritual yeah. home. It's like, really? I love that place. Really? Best city in the world. <laughs> so good. London's decent, like, London's decent. Yeah. But, like, um, yeah, Manchester, mate. Manchester. No, I really like Manchester. Really like it. Um, okay, mate. So, um, Joe, you leaving recruitment? Yeah, I am. <laughs> All the, people get all the way through and then they're like, oh, what? I'm not going to listen to him now, am I? <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving recruitment, mate. What are you doing? I'm off to become a police officer with the Met Police. That's mad. Yeah, a bit of a change. Wreck to wreck to a copper. Um, both both um, not got the best reputations out there in the market. Uh, yeah, I am. And this is why I was really keen to come on because... Mm. I don't. I, what I don't want people to think is me think is me coming on and being like spiteful and slating recruitment no, I because you have. I absolutely love this industry. I do. I think it's a mental industry. Yeah, it's mad. And I think we need to um, address and a part of the fact that there are a lot of people that come into it and do a few months and then leave. Yeah. And that is always going to be the case because yeah. it's not right for everyone. 
but I really wanted to come on and just try and start a conversation about for certain recruitment businesses out there that are struggling to hire and are going, this Rook2Rook's rubbish, he's not helping me, this job board's not working and saying, look, there is other ways we can do this. We can help you hire mm. and you are a great business. You're going to find staff. You just need to change your outlook on it. Mm. I just wanted to do that before I left recruitment altogether. Yeah, this is the place to do it, mate. So if, interesting, if yeah. um, obviously leaving recruitment, becoming a police police officer. Yeah. Is that right? Police officer. No, yeah. Poli- policeman, police officer. Um, if you would, so obviously, yeah, so obviously you're going to go into that and let's say like you did not hear anything about recruitment for five years. Yeah. And then, but if you were to like just dip back in five years from now, what would you like to see of the recruitment what would I like industry? Do you know to what see? I mean? Like, what would you? How would you have liked to see things evolve, or how? Do you know what I mean? What would you? What would you love to see change? Hmm. I would like to see um, more companies working either retained or exclusive. Hmm. I would like to see. Um, a, um, sort of the embedded model grow, but with recruiters within that, recognizing that embedded is very different to internal. Mm. It's a very different proposition. I would like to see the contingent contingent agencies that remain, sort of, well, I would say remain, there's, you know, it's not like they're going to go under in five years, is it? They, you know, it's going to only grow and grow. Yeah, but like yeah. the, the other contingent agencies, the other way of recruiting, recognizing that you can't just spam a CV and hope for the best. You've got yeah. to add real value. I think Tony said, was it Tony that said that at your event? Yeah, so what, one of the questions, which um, it was from James, actually, I thought it was a great question. Like, obviously there's so many agencies still working old school. Like, what habit would you love to see die out? Yeah. That's such a good question. Though. Yeah, it is, it is, isn't it? And he said that. And, and he nailed it. Absolutely. Yeah. Na- it's not good enough to just spam a CV over now. It's yeah. just really not. So I'd love to see that it sort of grows up and matures into recognizing that it's about relationships. Mm. And yeah, don't get me wrong. There's a time for going, picking up the phone and dialing a hiring manager or an internal recruiter and saying, look, I've got this person from what I know about your business. I think they'd be great. Mm. But that from what I know about your business is important because Mm. that shows, you know, something about them rather than just blagging it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you ever come back to recruitment? Mm, I'm going to hope not. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I'm making a really bad career move now and I'm just wasting time. Um, yeah. Fair enough, mate. Maybe, well, look, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Before we finish, mate. Yeah. So what, what you, I always ask people what they're excited about. I guess for you, just, yeah, become the policeman. Yeah. And plug, otherwise, James has slapped my wrist yeah. before I leave. Um, I'm excited that Hunted is absolutely going from strength to strength. Mm. And all the things we've talked about, the reason I've loved working here is that they are at the forefront of having forefront those conversations. That, yeah, totally. But not not to plug too hard because I know it's boring to listen to. No, that's cool. Mate. That's cool. <laughs> well, look, last question. Yeah. If if you could communicate to every recruiter out there and they'd listen to Joe. Yeah. It could be a word, a phrase. What would you say to them? What, a phrase? Yeah, like so like... They'd implement your advice. They'd take it on. It could be a phrase, could be a word. What comes to mind if all the recruiters out there would listen and take on your advice? What What would you say to them? Um, know what makes you unique. Mm. Know what makes you unique. Mm. And I mean that as a business and I mean that personally. 
and um, who was it talking about at your event? But like standing out from the rest. Yeah. Um, knowing your market, mm. knowing what makes people tick, building up a solid candidate list, people that really trust you, that you add value to. Yeah. Solid client list, owning your market, and just like not taking yourself too seriously. Have a bit of fun with it. Have a, yeah, have a bit of fun with it. You know, some it, 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 sorry, I'm rambling on, but case in point, um, internal, no, not internal recruiter, marketing director, head of marketing for Matt Burton Associates. Okay. RPO in Warrington, I want to say. All right. Top of my head. All right. All he does is post daft things, daft things all day on LinkedIn. Like, really? It's completely himself. Thousands of likes they get. And he said at a LinkedIn event, the amount of people that reach out to him wanting to work for Matt Burton Associates because he represents their brand. They think that he is what they stand for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he owns it. And they do so well because of it. Yeah. And he posts daft things. You know, Mike Winnett, Dan Kelsall, you can yeah, name that. them all. Like all these people that post stupid things, get serious traction. That's that's what we want to see, isn't it? Yeah. So know what makes you unique and just don't be too serious. Joe, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thanks, mate. Enjoyed that. Thanks.